No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see Moses predicting that after God scatters the children of Israel throughout the world for their disobedience, he will bring them back into the land and rejoice over them. Moses warns them of the blessings and curses so that they will choose life. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 30 on Simply the Bible. It has been said that we make our choices and then our choices turn and make us. One of God's greatest gifts to people is the ability to choose, and God will respect the choices that you make. Without this capacity for choice, then we would just be mere robots. Many choices are insignificant. For example, which brand of bread that you buy. Other choices have great consequences. Who you marry. As Moses spent his last days with the children of Israel, he placed before them the choice of life or death. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you and from there he will bring you. The children of Israel would inevitably be scattered to all the nations because of their disobedience. The curses that Moses warned them about in Deuteronomy 28 would all come to pass. But did that mean that God was through with them? Never. God would be faithful to his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even if his people were unfaithful. So when they returned to the Lord, then they would obey his voice with all their heart and soul. It would be the Lord who would bring them back by his grace. It wouldn't be because they were righteous or deserving, but because God had compassion on them. And do you know God deals with us in the same way? It's not because we're deserving. It's not because we're righteous. It is purely by his grace that he saves us and brings us into fellowship with himself. It is because God is rich in compassion. Now, God would gather them from the farthest parts under heaven and bring them back to the promised land. The question is, has this happened yet? The Jews were evicted from their homeland in 70 AD and scattered throughout the world for 1,900 years. Then around the turn of the 20th century, through the Zionist movement, they began to repopulate the area of Palestine. And in 1948, it became the nation of Israel. Since then, the number of Jews living in Israel has grown substantially, and they continue to immigrate from all over the world. Now, I don't see how anyone can look at these facts and not see God's hand working the miraculous in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. However, I don't think that the prediction of Moses here will be completely fulfilled 
until the second coming of Christ. Jesus, speaking of the great tribulation at the end of the age, said in Matthew 24, 29, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The term his elect here speaks of the children of Israel. It is the final fulfillment of what Moses said here in Deuteronomy 30. The Lord will gather his chosen people, the children of Israel, from the farthest parts under heaven and bring them back into the promised land where they will live for the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on earth. Verse 5. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. When God brings them back, he will prosper and multiply them. Now, we're already seeing this happening to some degree in Israel, but in the future, it will be magnified to a level never seen before. God will circumcise their hearts. The prophets Jeremiah and Hosea also speak of this. This will be God's work as he cuts away those areas of the heart given over to carnality so that they are free to worship the Lord with all their hearts. We all need God to perform this heart surgery on us. We cannot cut away the areas of our own heart that are given to the lusts of the flesh. I know a young man who recently underwent open heart surgery. Do you think that he could perform that himself? Of course not. They had to make him unconscious for the procedure, and then the surgeon had to do it for him. Likewise, we need our great physician to perform heart surgery on us. Do you have heart problems? Do you find that your heart goes after the lusts of your flesh? Then ask God to circumcise your heart so that you are free to love and serve him with your whole heart. Now, Moses said that God would circumcise their heart so that they could live. You see, the wages of sin is death. The mind given over to sin is death. God wants you to experience his abundant and eternal life. And that life comes from loving him with all your heart. Verse 7, Also the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and those who hate you, who persecuted you. And you will again obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good, as he rejoiced over your fathers, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. When they disobeyed God, 
he would bring curses on their heads and cause their enemies to triumph over them. But when he brought them back into the land and they began to obey the Lord, then the tables would be turned and he would put the curses of the law upon their enemies. When he brought them back, he said, you will obey the voice of the Lord. They would do it because God had worked this into their hearts by grace and brought them back into the land and given them a new heart and a circumcised heart so that they would obey the Lord's voice. And then God said, I will rejoice over you for good. You know, there's nothing that God wants more than to bless his children. It's like how we feel when we give good gifts to our children at Christmas. We delight when they open them up and they delight in them and use them. And it makes us glad. And God is no different. It pleases him to be able to bless his children when they are listening to his voice and obeying his commands. Verse 11, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven. that You should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea. You should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. You know, the thing that I love about God is that he puts the cookies on the lowest shelf. In other words, it's not that his commandments are some hard thing to reach. You don't have to go and see some guru in India and get the secret teachings to know what you're supposed to do. You don't have to go to Tibet and find out the way to life. God has given you the way to life through his word. And these are practical things. And as Moses said, the word is in you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. You know the right thing to do. You've got a conscience. You know when you're doing the right thing because it approves you. You know when you're doing the wrong thing because it disapproves you. And so the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may do it. Now, Paul quotes this in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Paul says, look, salvation is so close to you. The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. This word of salvation, the word of faith that we preach, that is, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you will be saved. So Paul says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and then believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you believe in the resurrection in your heart, then you will be saved. It's that simple. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, because the word of salvation is so close to us, everybody is without excuse if they reject it. The truth is that a child can understand it. I did at age five. I understood the simple gospel and believed in Jesus and was saved. Verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. 
in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. So Moses set before them good things, the word of God, which would lead to life. He also set before them evil, that is, the curses if they rejected God's word, which would lead to death. But it was their choice. They could choose either life or death. And we all have that same choice. God gives us the ability to choose. He lays before us life or death, but it's up to us to choose. He won't make that choice for you. You must choose it yourself. And he already knows how you're going to choose because he has foreknowledge, but he doesn't make you choose a certain way. You have that responsibility to make your decision. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see Moses preparing Israel for his departure and Joshua's inauguration. God predicts Israel's future rebellion and tells Moses to write a song as a witness against them. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.